0: Welcome back everybody it is episode 14 and we are coming at you with some guests again we are four now in my office and I would like to welcome Rodri Jones and Rachel George and I'm going to ask them to tell us a little bit about who they are and what they do starting with you Rodri welcome
1: Hello, thank you. <laughs> um, my name is Rodri and I work in Myselcoid Special School. I've been working there for 12 years now and I teach a range of students from the ages of 2 to 19 with um, multiple learning difficulties, profound learning difficulties and ASD.
0: Welcome.
2: Hi, I'm Rachel and I'm also based in Mytikoi, but currently on secondment to Aire, was as leader of learning for ALN and I'm also working as part of the Pioneer Expressive Arts Working Group at the moment, which has been uh, an amazing
0: uh, journey over the last two years for myself. Well, welcome to both of you. There was an absolute kind of multitude of things that we could have talked about with you two in today's episode, but we really want to focus on the expressive arts within and with pupils who have additional learning needs. Tell us a little bit from your perspective about how significant the expressive arts are for pupils with additional learning needs. I think it is an integral part of their
2: education. I also believe it's um, an entitlement to every child in Wales to have this expressive arts education not just uh ALN learners. However, it's something that we've seen a tremendous we've had tremendous success with teaching expressive arts to our ALN learners. It's the real authentic learning experiences it's the context it provides to to back up the learning and it's the experience that they get from going to a variety of different places such as uh, theatres cinemas to see live performances to work with creative arts
0: practitioners It just makes sense to our learners. And were you always convinced of this, both of you? Or, you know, what's your journey to this kind of... This very, very strong philosophical perspective about the significance of the expressive arts with ALN learners? I've always been
2: a fan of the arts. I've always liked arts. I always wanted to do something with arts when um, I finished school. I um, trained to be a teacher and did RE instead. (laughs) So I'm not quite sure where the arts fitted in, but it's something I've come back to over my teaching career. I came back off my second maternity leave and I had a class of 12 young men, all various different learning needs, but we needed to find a common ground and the common ground turned out to be the arts and helped by pupil voice and by the pupils suggesting things that they would like to learn about. It kind of reinvigorated my, my teaching and my love for learning as well because I could see how much they were getting out of what we were doing in class because we were having these experiences, these these. Putting everything into context for them, they were getting so much more out of their days, rather than before, where it was probably me telling them what we were going to do from the schemes of work. It was them suggesting learning activities that they'd like to do. They kind of bought into it more, and it was from there that started the learning journey really, with 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 me and with
0: them. And how about you, Rod?
1: Something that I've always seen as really important because it was something that I was always interested in as a child. So I, that's how I learnt best was through being creative. Um, you know, the music, the uh, going to drama groups. Started learning to play the violin when I was really young, and I've carried that on then through to college. And I sort of see the the similarities between my interests and how it helps me to learn, and the student. So it's it's really interesting to see how they how they sort of get really excited about it, how much fun they have while while using these different means of and methods of learning with expressive arts.
0: And playing devil's advocate here, was was every member of staff in the school really on board with this? You know, and were they all as convinced by the expressive arts and the power of the expressive arts that you've just talked about? I don't
2: think everybody was. I think they could see how much enjoyment the learners were getting out of it. But I don't think everybody was because of the fear factor, because not everybody is as comfortable with the expressive arts, with teaching music and art and dance and drama and film and digital media as as we were within our class. And there's certain things that I've had to... like. With animation, the, the learners wanted to do a stop-start animation film because one of them had seen it on YouTube and wanted to, to have a go. So I had to go quickly home and crib up on stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a matter of, of, of not everybody sees everything in the same way, which is right. You can't have everybody singing from the same sheet for everything but i think once they had seen what we'd achieved i think we we won people around then and we were really lucky our support came from our head and our deputy who could see what was happening and what we were achieving mm. and who could see how much the learners were getting out of it So they were allowing us to do things like take part in um, Black History Month and to take part in the Holocaust Memorial Mm. and to do the Welsh um, Heritage Project. So they were allowing us the autonomy to be able to do that. So and I think that is key is having that support from the top down as well.
1: I think it is the fear because when people you say expressive arts or something, they, think they th- usually think you're gonna start making them dance around or you know sing in front of everyone on, on your own and things like that. Mm. So you know there, are, but there's so many aspects of expressive arts and creativity mm. that people c- can learn through but sometimes not realise that they're actually taking part in an expressive arts activity mm. if that makes sense.
0: Mm. And I- I'm interested to know about how, how parents embraced this as well and whether you had any kind of kickback from parents who perhaps thought well my child might not be able to do that H- how did you navigate your way through those kinds of perspectives? We've actually had quite a
2: lot of um, parental support because of the fact that, that even, even though not everybody was getting to go on visits, if they didn't get to go on a visit, then we would get practitioners in to work with the learners within school environment so it wasn't just you know a selective group having the experiences it was right the way through the school and it was all the learners for example we had um, the boot um, clarinet quartet to come in to do um, music therapy with um, the more complex learners and then they did workshops with some of our asd learners so you know it it kind of compensates, but the parents seem to be really thrilled with the experiences and, and the fact that the the learners are going home and saying, oh, I've done this, or I've done that, or we'll speak about school, or they've seen little photos on ClassDojo or a video online or, or on the um, Learning Gateway or, or on Twitter. So, you know, seeing their their children having... These experiences
0: and having this success has been amazing for for most of our parents. And give us an idea of the kind of the range of um, and uh, and the complexity of of the people's needs who you work with.
1: Well, we have um, lots of students on the autistic spectrum, some moderate, some quite severe. We've got um, children with profound learning difficulties, so you know some of our learners lead the most sensory approach to education.
2: Mm. Um, we've got got some with complex medical issues as well who need um, high volume of care and a lot of specialist equipment is involved as well but definitely the expressive arts is accessible for all of them
0: so what is it i mean going into more depth and and what makes it sort of the right sort of container for other aspects of the curriculum as well for for the the range of complex needs that you're dealing with it's experiential it's all done through the experience
2: and through exploring and through creating and for some learners it's the process of refining as well and developing that resilience to to try again so that realizing that if they fail does not matter it provides a really safe environment for them to explore and that failure can be celebrated and that we can learn from our failures as well i
1: think as well though there's there's something there for everybody there's something there that you're going to like somewhere along the line and you can use it to teach a range of different things because there's always a piece of music that will go with this country or that country or or, or some, whatever you're learning about, whatever topic you're learning about. There's usually a piece of music written that will go alongside that.
0: <laughs> so, Rachel, I'm I'm thinking about you in your, in your role as a pioneer now and how important it was to you that additional learning needs context were represented within that pioneering context do you want to say a bit about that yeah
2: yeah it was when um Helen our head teacher approached me and asked me would I be interested in um representing the school for um pioneers I was really excited because it was expressive arts obviously Mm -hmm. it's really an area that I'm, I'm really interested in and very passionate about but she also said I can't think of anybody better to represent ALN and Expressive Arts. So I thought, right, okay, that's my task, it's ALN. And from the beginning, from the very first meeting I attended, I've made sure that the ALN voice is heard and represented right the way through. And I'm really lucky, I think the Expressive Arts group has been really, really supportive of the ALN voice. There's two of us on the Expressive Arts Group from ALN schools. There's Ellen from Cadewine as well. And both of us have have made it our mission, really, to make sure that our learners are represented. And I've had quite some some satisfaction, actually, is when I've been taking the What Matter statements and the progression outcomes around to schools. And I've showed ALN teachers the progression outcome one they say, oh, I can see our learners there. And in progression, I'd to come to, I can see our learners there, which is really nice to know to make sure. But the group has also been extremely supportive over this as well and, and has also taken into consideration, oh, hang on, we need to represent our ALN learners as
0: well. So thinking more broadly now about the curriculum for reforms that are happening in Wales, how embracing do you think the new direction that we're going in is going to be? And, and you know what kind of uh, aspirations does it raise for pupils with additional learning needs? I think this is a
2: really empowering curriculum for our ALN learners because it takes into consideration pupil voice and it takes into consideration the rights of the child. There are some of the what matters statements going throughout the AOLEs that you can see have that clear link to the to the rights of the child and there's no better learning really for for our learners and you know they need to know that they have a voice and that they'll be listened to but it also goes goes hand in hand as well with the ALN reform and we need to make sure that we don't see the two as separate entities Mm. that they need to be dovetailing together now and they need to start coming together and making sure that there's no duplication or
0: making sure that they both meet the same objectives and is there anything specific particularly about the ALN reforms that you would want I'm thinking with my PGC hat on now my teacher trainee hat that you would you would really want new teachers coming into the profession to to know and have at the kind of forefront of their philosophy I think it's knowing how to capture pupil voice and
2: knowing how to get the answers to the questions and how to ask those questions as well because some of our learners their voice might not be a standard vocal answer it could be a visceral reaction it could be a blink it could be pointing with their eyes it could be a sign so it's knowing how to capture and how to ask those questions. I
1: suppose giving them any opportunity we can really to communicate what they need to communicate
0: yeah. and making sure their needs are met. And I suppose that's where the arts dovetail, isn't it? It goes back to what you were saying before, Rod, as as about multiple points of entry um, with the arts and yeah. multiple forms of expression.
2: Yeah, and it engages our learners as well. And I think if it engages our learners all learners any learners then you're halfway there the door is open for that
0: learning to occur thinking critically now and thinking of some of the potential barriers and challenges and, and mindset changes that we need to navigate going forward with this new curriculum there are going to be teacher trainees who are fearful of working with pupils with additional learning needs not through necessarily prejudices but through lack of knowledge, lack of experience. Likewise, as you said earlier on, people who are scared about the expressive arts. So how do we start to unpack that, overcome those barriers? What advice can we give to teacher trainees who are a bit scared about teaching music if they never have done before, a bit scared about teaching, you know, peoples with ASD? You don't have to be an expert. Have a go. Have a go.
2: And it's that, that shift mindset, that have a go attitude we're asking our pupils to do that, so we need to embrace that as well.
1: Yeah, and I I, I, th- you know, I, I think you don't have to be a music music practitioner to teach music. You don't have to play an instrument. You don't have to be able to read music. You know, we can use the colours and the association of notes to be able to pre- uh, produce a piece of music or compo- compose even. So it's just about, yeah, like Rachel said, having to go and... Relax, <laughs> relax. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I suppose that that has an impact on our kids, then, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, Ultimately, definitely. They can kind of pick up on our our, our insecurities. Yeah, absolutely,
2: absolutely. But you don't have to be an expert. And some, you know, some of our our learners know how to use iPads far better than I ever will be able to use them. So I will ask them, you know, okay, well, tell me what to do then. Show me what to do. And then that's them being the expert, isn't it? Mm. And then that's shifting the power over to them a little bit more and that's giving them confidence to develop their skills further whilst also developing their communication skills. And, and it's
3: a knock-on just, on effect, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And looking at this a bit more widely because you've just done a session with our PGCEs and for whatever reason we don't have an ALN specialist PGCE program here and of course the vast majority of people that go into the teaching profession find themselves working in a mainstream setting so they'll work with some ALN pupils but perhaps not the wide range and perhaps some of the particularly um, unique cases that that you have uh, in your school. I was struck by more by some of the more universal kind of things about being an expressive arts person in a school environment. And you've touched on this a little bit. We do kind of impinge on the work of the other subjects a little bit, don't we? And we do take the pupils out and we do rehearsals and we cause an awful lot of disruption. And sometimes we have to make sure that we keep the rest of the school on side a little bit and you've said a lot of things in that session just now with our students that really chimed with me about how you keep the rest of the school supportive of what you're trying to achieve
2: yeah definitely it's really important to to get everybody on board and to get that support but I think once you see the learners and the excitement and the love and the passion for their learning shining out of them You can't not, because we are there for the learners, not for us. We're there to
0: facilitate their learning because it's all about them. And coming off the back of that and off the back of this session that you've just delivered with our PGC secondary music and drama students, what was really interesting at the end of that session was the real hunger to know more and to find out about how they forge a career path within an additional learning needs context. What advice would you give to teacher trainees who really who've done maybe a traditional PGC route, but are really keen to get into that setting? I um, I'm a
2: mainstream BEd student, and I kind of I went into mainstream originally, then did a, a mainstream support job, and then went into um, Britain very special school as it as was, and again it's having that can do attitude and that have a go because it was complete because mainstream. ALN is completely different to an ALN school. It is it is on so many different levels and it was such a different style of learning as well. This experiential learning was all quite new coming from like a, a primary school where you, you are results driven. So it was quite a learning curve for me. but. I walked down the steps into that school and I just felt as if I was coming home, I just knew that I was supposed to be there and that 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 was right for me. I think contact ALN schools, ask for a visit initially, have a look around, see what, what is going on in the school, try and volunteer in some schools to get some experience and
0: just try and get as much experience as possible. Just thinking now, going forward uh, into the future, you're about to hand over... (laughs) I'd like to say it's kind of a a tangible thing, but it's not. It's going to be online, isn't it? This new curriculum, this new Expressive Arts AOLE and the other AOLEs that are about to be delivered into the hands of school teachers everywhere in Wales. What are your hopes? Oh, my hopes
2: are the four purposes what better hopes can you have for a child of wales to leave school than being an ambitious capable lifelong learner an ethical informed citizen an enterprising creative contributor and a healthy confident individuals wow if my child leaves school at 16 being all of that i would be absolutely delighted there's so many pressures on our children at the moment that this new curriculum, hopefully, is that glint of light at the end of the tunnel, really, f- for me. I think it's one of the most exciting things to happen in education for many, many, many years. <laughs> and it's the way I want my children taught, and not only my class, but my own children as well.
3: And I wonder if you've got any words of advice for all my students and all my fellow music drama arts teachers because I've been really struck I've never met you before today but I've been really struck by your ability to achieve the seemingly impossible and it's not because you're in an ALN school and it's somehow exempt from the rules of life it's because you're prepared to get on people's nerves and I just wondered if you had some (laughs) words of advice for my fine colleagues and my fine students in that department.
2: Oh just I don't understand no <laughs> and and make it that you don't understand no and if somebody does say no to you you mean well um, so you mean no not tomorrow but maybe next week <laughs> and, and offer them that alternative I think with, with engaging with industry professionals and, uh, and engaging with the creative industries I think you, you do have to you know keep on and on and on and ask and we've been really lucky with the response that we've had it is an integral part of the new curriculum is to have these rich experiences with creative practitioners and with the creative industries so there's going to have to be you know that that joining really that joining of minds
1: i think if you if you don't ask you don't get
2: yeah absolutely
3: yeah and we should make clear to listeners this has resulted in you Buttonholing everybody from the entire cast of *Les Mis* to
2: <laughs> only
3: men allowed, Alled Jones and all the rest of them. Yeah, so, the
2: barks and- the barks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we've had uh, oh, quite a long list. Quite a long list, <laughs> yes. Yeah.
3: So go for it. Think outside the box.
2: Absolutely, yeah, yeah, and and don't take no for an answer.
1: And don't be afraid to ask either. Yeah. People can only say no, but like Rachel yeah. said, you don't have to accept that. <laughs>
0: Well, thank you very much for that deep discussion. Lots of food for thought there um, for our PGC teacher trainees and anyone out there who's thinking about dabbling in the expressive arts within ALN context and beyond. Okay, so we asked you to do some homework for us. And first of all, we would like you to tell us what your wellbeing tip is. Be kind to yourselves.
2: You can't be an expert in everything and you have to take time for yourself. You can't do everything all at once. Words of advice that
0: I think resonated yeah, with short, all of us. Yeah, that was short, sweet
3: and absolutely to the point, wasn't it? And I completely agree. Yeah,
0: totally agree. OK,
3: so the other one that we usually do at this point is to shout out to someone who's doing something amazing. So who is that person?
2: Oh, we're going to shout out to to Mysacoid School definitely for for being a pioneer in expressive arts, to our amazing choir in Mycicoid and to the the expressive
0: arts um, pioneer group as well. We salute you all. Thank you very much. And we always ask for a little something that our teacher trainees and teachers can try. What would you suggest? Shabam. Definitely Shabam. (laughs) Oh, you've got to tell us what this is
2: now. I know because I've just, I've just been <laughs> you <can> shabam
1: You've been shabam
2: For those of you who don't know what Shabam is, it's actually um, a, a kind of aerobic dance and it's been absolutely integral to my class for quite a few years now since I discovered it outside of school. And it really engages our learners because uh, most of our learners are taxied in in the morning so they've been in the taxi a little while and then they have to come in and it's not fair for them to expect them to be learning ready after all of that mm. so we have a little bit of fun and we do like a morning check-in and we do shabam and then we're ready to learn
1: get moving
0: yeah absolutely i'm pretty sure that's a well-being tip as well so if you haven't shabammed lately i think uh, that's what next on your to-do list
3: Definitely. Well, that's uh, our podcast done and dusted. I hope that's given you plenty of interesting food for thought there across a range of things. Thank you so much, Rodri and Rachel, for coming in and being part of it. I hope it wasn't too much of a scary experience for you. And uh, we will see you next time when the next episode comes out. And uh, bye-bye for now.
0: Bye.
1: That was Emma and Tom's PGCE podcast presented by Emma Thea and Tom Breeze. The special guests this week were Rachel George and me, Rodri Jones. A big hello to all the amazing staff and pupils at Uscomysocoid in Neath and huge thanks to all the industry practitioners who have enriched their lives. We're all shabamming off into the sunset. Until next time, take care and enjoy teaching.